0: Welcome to Torah to Imecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Orly Kanner and it is my privilege to be learning Sefer Shemot with you. Our Parsha this week is Parsha Vayishlach. I would like to begin with a quick overview of the Parsha. Soon after banishing Bnei Yisrael from Mitzrayim, Paro chases after them to force their return. Bnei Yisrael find themselves trapped between Paro's armies and Yamsuf and the sea. God tells Moshe to raise his staff over the water, the sea splits to allow Bnei Yisrael to pass through, and then closes over the pursuing Egyptians. Moshe and Bnei Israel sing a song, the famous Shirat Hayam, of praise and gratitude to Hashem. Miriam takes the women aside and with timbrels in hand leads the women of Israel in song and dance. In the desert, the people fear that they might suffer thirst and hunger and repeatedly complained to Moshe and Aharon. Hashem miraculously sweetens the bitter waters of Mara and later has Moshe bring forth water from a rock by striking it with his staff. Hashem causes man to raise down from the heavens before dawn each morning and quails Slav to appear in the camp each evening. The Yisrael are instructed to gather a double portion of man on Friday, as none will descend on Shabbos, the divinely decreed day of rest. Some disobey and go to gather man on the seventh day, but find nothing. Ahram preserves a small quantity of man in a jar as a testimony for future generations. In Rafidim, the people are attacked by Amalek, who are defeated by Moshe while his arms are spread to the heavens in prayer. Yehoshua leads the battle on the ground with an army of Bnei Yisrael and defeat the Amalekim. Hashem commits to an eternal battle to eradicate the name and seed of Amalek. Mm-hmm. Parshat Bishalach is a Parsha of passions where awe and gratitude so overwhelm the Jewish people that they burst into song, Shira, and where Amalek is surfeited with such antipathy and hatred for the Jewish people that they wage war against them. Amongst the many overwhelming emotions and passions that are stirred in this week's Parsha is the enormity of Paro's hatred and animosity toward the Jewish people. The Torah tells us that after banishing the Jewish people from the land of Egypt, Paro rues his decision and commands his army to chase after the Jewish people. Frenzied and panicked, Paro embarks on his trek to lead the war effort, and so the Torah reports, Vayesor et Rechbo. Rashi, explaining these words, almost incredibly asserts, Hu Ba'atzmo, that Paro himself readied his chariot, despite his regal station. Far more logically, the Ebenezer disagrees, and explains, Vayesor et Rechbo, Al yidei that Pyro commanded his servants, as certainly the king of Egypt did not affix the wheels and harness the horses of his own chariot. Rather, Pyro ordered his staff to harness his chariot, as in the proof text, Vayiven Shlomo et HaBayit, where the Navi reports that Shlomo HaMelech built the Beit HaMikdash. Certainly, Shlomo did not, with his own bare hands, lay the bricks, but rather he commanded and oversaw the project of building the Beit HaMikdash. And so too, Paro ordered his slaves and his servants to harness his chariot. Fascinatingly, this very argument between Rashi and the Ebenezra occurs four times in the Chumash, as pointed out by the brilliant Nechama Leibovitz. Each time, leading Rashi to maintain that the person himself, though not in keeping with his position, acted on his own and leading the Ebenezer to insist each time that the individual to whom the action is attributed merely ordered or oversaw the action that was done. In addition to our parsha, the second time we see the argument is in Sefer Breshit. After being commanded to bind his son to the altar as a sacrifice to Hashem, the famous Akhidat Yitzchak, the Torah tells us about Avraham Vayachavosh et chamoro, that Avraham saddled his donkey says Rashi, Hu Despite Avraham's many servants and his great wealth, he himself saddled his donkey. The Ezra, however, contends no, it was Al Yidei Acherim. Avraham merely ordered his servants to saddle his donkey. The third time we once again see the same dispute is later in Sefer Breshit, when Yosef sets out to greet his father Yaakov, whom he has not seen for 22 years. The Torah tells us that Yosef harnessed his chariot. Despite his being the viceroy of Egypt, he on his own readied his own chariot, says Rashi. No counters the Eben Ezra. Yosef merely ordered his servants to ready his chariot. The fourth time this same disagreement occurs is in Sefer Bamidbar, when Bilam excitedly embarks on his journey to curse the Jewish people. There, the Torah tells us, "Va'yachavosh et Atono. Again, he saddled his donkey, leading Rashi to say that despite his position of nobility and wealth, he, on his own, saddled his own donkey. The Ibn Ezra once again insists, "No, it was al yede acherim that Bilam ordered his servants to saddle his donkey." Whereas the Ibn Ezra clearly makes far more sense and seems more in keeping with the station of these wealthy individuals. The problem with the Ebenezer is why would the Torah relay such unnecessary and inconsequential information? Who really cares if the donkey was saddled or if the chariot was harnessed, especially when we could easily, correctly assume that they rode either by donkey or chariot and that someone prepared their means of transportation? Obviously, the Torah's mention of these insignificant actions calls for a far deeper understanding. Intriguingly, twice these actions are those of aristocratic individuals harnessing their own chariots, and twice they are noble individuals saddling their own donkeys. The Mechilta and the Breshit Rabbah explain that there are two emotions that provoke a person to act in a manner that is not befitting him in a manner that is antithetical to his position and counter to his normal natural behavior. One of these emotions is love. Continues the Midrash, Avraham, due to his love for God and alacrity to follow his every command despite what was being asked of him, saddled his own donkey because, says the Midrash, Ha'ahava m'chalkelet et hashura. Love has the effect of destroying the norm, motivating one to act in supernatural, extraordinary ways. And so too Yosef in his love for his father, his eagerness to see his father, readies his own chariot and races to meet his beloved father because love has the effect of evoking within the person that fiery passion that causes one and allows one to defy the norm. There is another emotion, however, that is equally as potent. That also serves to provoke one to act in ways that are out of character, out of the ordinary. And that is the emotion of hatred, of sinah. And just as Ahava mechalkelet et Hashura, so too Hasina mechalkelet et Hashura, explains the Midrash and Shemot Rabbah. So fierce was Bilam's loathing for the Jewish people that he saddled his own donkey in his passion to curse the Jewish people. So too was the superfluity of venom that possessed Paro that he readied his own chariot in his impatience and animosity toward the Jewish people. The Michilta and the Shemot Rabbah, however, go even a step further. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, tavo chavisha shel Avraham, shahalach la'asot ritzon ha'makom, v'ta'amod al chubshah shel bilam shehalach lekalel bet Yisrael. Tavo asira shel Yosef sheasar l'ylech l'krat aviv v'ta'amod al asira shel paro harasha shehalach l'erdof et Yisrael. Says the Midrash, let the saddling of Avraham counterbalance the saddling of Bilam. And may the harnessing of the chariot by Yosef counter the harnessing of the chariot of Pyro. The Midrash is extrapolating and underscoring a profound notion. The effects of a mitzvah, a good deed, performed out of love and passion for that which is good and noble, remains in this world long after the act is done and even after that individual is deceased as the mitzvah releases in this world a spiritual positive energy that remains unmitigated, serving to protect and counter any future negative energy. The action of Avraham and his passion to serve God, reflected in his having saddled his own donkey, actually neutralizes the evil passions of Bilam, to curse the Jewish people, reflected in Bilam's saddling of his own donkey. So, too, the energy of love reflected in Yosef's preparing his own chariot actually pulverizes the nefarious energy of pyro reflected in his having prepared his own chariot. Even more than the rewards for the actual mitzvah itself is the long-lasting effects of that energy as it lingers in the spiritual air, protects, and neutralizes any future negative energy that might vitiate that pure spirituality. Interestingly, the one word that appears describing all four of these instances is the word halakh. Each of these individuals was about to go on his way to trek, to journey, to move. The difference, however, between them is that when motivated by love, movement is forward, upward, and ultimately productive. But when a Halicha, when a journey, when any movement is motivated by fierce hatred and antipathy, by resentment, the movement ultimately and always ends in failure. Thank you for joining me in the OU Women's Parsha Initiative. I look forward to learning with you again next week. And always ends in failure. Thank you for joining me in the OU Women's Parsha Initiative. I look forward to learning with you again next week.